Welcome to Mountaintop Conversations with Allison Felix. I'm Wes Felix, co-founder of Sage and co-host of this show with Allison. On Mountaintop Conversations, we celebrate the stories and experiences of leaders across politics, entrepreneurship, and culture. Each guest has scaled their own personal mountaintop and hopes to light the path for others to scale new heights themselves. Today, we get to chat with Ty Haney. Ty is an incredible entrepreneur and person, and when we're in Austin, she's my running partner. Ty started Outdoor Voices. She started a company called Joggy, which is a plant-based energy company, and she built a community platform called Try Your Best, and that swaps out Instagram for Web3. Here is Ty Haney, and we're coming at you live from South by Southwest. Exciting. So thank you all for being here. Um, Allison and I, we host a podcast called Mountaintop Conversations. And this is the very first time we've done a live recording of that podcast. And so you all are here for the very first time we get to do the live recording with our amazing friend, Ty Haney. Woohoo! Happy to be here. <laughs> so um, this might feel a little bit different than other talks because it is a podcast recording. Uh, so we're going to do our thing up here. And then at the end, we're going to open it up for questions. Um, and yeah, feel free, be loud, clap if they do something awesome. Um, <laughs> So the that way sizzle that, real. That I know, was, it was awesome. kind of powerful. It was good. Um, so our podcast is called Mountaintop Conversations, and that comes from Michelle Obama has um, this concept and idea where she talks about how important it is that when you achieve the mountaintop, when you like summit it and you get to the top, you can't just stay there. You have to come back down and extend a hand and help other people reach that mountaintop too. Um, And so we get to talk with people like Ty about exactly that, them reaching the mountaintop and what they're doing to extend their hand, come back down and help other people. Um, So we'll kick it off. Yeah, so we're going to get into all the incredible things that you have done, Ty. Um, Joggy, try your best. But I just want to ask you, how are you? Um, What brings you joy right now? How are things going? I mean, yesterday was pretty special. We got to host a jog, 200 people on the trail at Town Lake, running, um, getting our endorphins going with Allison and Wes. So that is top of mind. It was fantastic. And I got to bring my three-year-old daughter, which felt very powerful. So I'm feeling pretty good. Awesome. I had the best time. It was just great vibes and energy, and it it definitely made me want to run. And Sunny's adorable. So (laughs) I feel like there's that. She was So I really wanted to talk with the two of you just about being female founders. Um, And I hope that you'll you'll open up a little bit of what some of those challenges are like. I think we all hear it's so hard for female founders to get funding. It's hard for founders of color to get funding. Um, I'd love to just hear a little bit of your experience, you know, Ty building Outdoor Voices, like such an incredible... Uh, company that then came with challenges that I was telling you yesterday that that I honestly believe um, I don't know if you would have faced if you were a man. So what what is it like being a female founder, knowing you don't have anything to compare it to, but but yeah. what is it like? I mean, it's the best opportunity. And so I, I feel firmly rooted in that belief. And with Outdoor Voices um, in particular, we were taking a big swing. And so 
my kind of view in building the brand was positioning an activewear brand opposite to the traditionally male-founded versions, like a Nike, et cetera, that felt muscly and the goal was to cross the finish line first. But so it became this beautiful opportunity as a female to have a fresh take and fresh perspective in the space and really build this community around doing things. So prioritizing fun, the fun of activity with friends out there on the trail, et cetera. That said, many years later, you know, really that positioning became a target. And so uh, I think with kind of the takedowns of the world, something I've realized is challenges have not been normalized at a startup and uh, unfairly kind of put on female founders as the face, which, you know, in, in my instance was really a hard pill to swallow. And so I think ultimately, you know, as audience and as people, consumers of brands and in particular female founders, we have to understand that these types of articles are par for the course and, and they're not going to kill us. And so that's what I'm hoping to represent. But it's hard, but I, I still believe it's the biggest opportunity to be a, a female founder. And I think like uh, something I've loved in talking with you is you don't, it doesn't feel like you hold resentment. You don't say like, you know, this is so unfair, but is it unfair? Um, that's a great question. I think I've said this before, but forgiveness is the power move. Mm-hmm. And what I've been able to learn over and collected kind of this experience over the last eight years, now I can apply kind of in the next ventures. So being the CEO, you know, means full accountability. And so regardless of the dynamic, it ultimately comes back to me and that ownership, like I don't take lightly and, and it feels good, but forgiveness is the power move and that's how you move on. Is it something that comes natural to you? Like when I think about that to me, like that would be a very hard place to get to. It'd be a journey. Yeah. Um, how, how do you get there? I think with any builder, and I'm curious for you guys as well, um, entrepreneurs happen to be optimistic, right? And so I, I very much believe in focusing on the future and, and not making the same mistake twice. And so I don't look back. That's not where I'm going. Um, and, and that op- optimistic kind of, you know, POV is how we start building in the first place. I love that. Allison, what do you, what are some of the challenges you faced in, in starting Sage? And I guess maybe Tell us a little bit about Seish and what it is and what it does. Yeah, so um, Seish is a footwear brand for women. Our shoes are specifically designed to fit the form of the female foot. And it came about because I was left without a footwear sponsor after a very difficult fight over maternity protections with Nike. I parted ways and we decided to do it ourselves. Um, And to your question, I think... I knew it was going to be hard, but it wasn't until we're sitting in the meetings and pitching this idea that I really understood that. You know, I, I knew that, you know, 2% of money goes to, um, to, to women, um, even less, you know, goes to women of color. But it was, I think, in pitching to a lot of men um, and being met with this idea of, okay, great, I will, I'll take your shoes to my 13-year-old daughter and let her try them and get her feedback. And it's like, you not have any women on your team? Like, is she <laughs> going to be the one making the decision? Like, that's where our, our future is. Um, and so it's hard. It's really a struggle, you know, getting out there. And I do think that my background as an athlete has helped a lot because, um, 
I'm used to, you know, dealing with adversity, being down and out. Like what I know how to do is put my head down and grind. So I will do the work and I will persevere, but I don't think it it takes away from how hard it is. Yeah, completely. And I, I guess there's always this, you were saying it, Ty, like it's not about looking back. It's about looking forward. Allison, what are you looking forward to with Sage? And not just about a product, but like, what is the impact that, that you want this company to have? Yeah. When I think about it, like in my, my vision is that the shoes signify that you stand with women. And my favorite stories are when I meet someone or I see the shoe in the wild and they talk about it, they have this story and they love how they feel. They, they love that they're designed to fit their foot, but it's the impact. It is that it resonates with them and that they are about change. And so I hope that that continues to grow and I'm excited that we get to do things different. I'm really proud of our maternity returns policy, which basically is um, if your foot changes size due to pregnancy. And a lot of people don't know this, that when your um, foot changes size, oftentimes that change is permanent. So our company will give you your new size. And so just really finding ways to push the industry and say that we think women deserve better. Um, Ty, can you tell us about TYB and about this future that you're looking forward to? Yeah, of course. So without your voices in the direct-to-consumer space, what I realized is it's very much not direct. And so we spent 30 to 40% of our total dollars raised uh, trying to acquire people through Instagram or Facebook. And so the idea with TYB is creating a platform where brands can directly connect on the blockchain with their fans and take that 30 to 40% of dollars and directly incentivize their fans for loyalty and kind of growing that relationship over time. And so that can look like perks, that can look like dollars over time, but that directness is doubling down on direct where direct to consumer has not at all been direct. And that's what Try Your Best enables for brands and fans. Cool. And yesterday we got to be out there with you with Joggy. So how does Joggy fit into TYB? Yeah. My personal kind of passion and what I wake up thinking about every day is how to help people make exercise as foundational to your everyday as eating, drinking, and sleeping. And so Joggy is an energy brand, clean energy, think, replace Red Bull. Uh, And really our mission is to help people maximize happiness through movement. And so that's, that's what I need to show up as the best tie to run a business, be a great mom, is connect, I call it connecting the dots, but going on the trail, sweating, uh, getting those endorphins moving. And so Joggy really was birthed from that. And it's interesting, at Outdoor Voices, we had the saying, endorphins make you happy. But as I clicked into the science, um, I learned that we have an endocannabinoid system, which essentially is what gives you the feeling of a runner's high after a lot of activity, that kind of joyful, euphoric feeling where you feel like you can go forever. And so that's what Joggy is really about, is this joyful, euphoric energy, clean energy product that supports uh, people in movement on a daily basis. So we've talked a lot about, I think, what, what the two of you are doing. Um, I'm throwing a bit of a curveball, but, you know, you were saying founders are really optimistic. Um, I think some people could also say they're, in, like, utterly insane. <laughs> it, it makes no sense. Um, but I think another word for founder is builder. Mm-hmm. Um, why are you builders? Why do you care to give the world these things you want to give the world? I think it's interesting for me because um, it's new. You know, mm-hmm. it is essentially my second act. And 
Um, it's not where I saw my life going. It's not something I was like, oh, I've always wanted to be a founder. That wasn't like the path for me. And so for me, I wake up and do it because I think it needs to exist in the world. I think that we haven't had it before. And so it was like this very organic thing that was like, well, if I, if it's not already there, then I think we have to like build it. I think we have to do it ourselves. So I think the purpose, um, I deeply believe that women deserve better. And um, I'm, I'm going to fight for that. And so I think it's just caring, caring about people. And um, also, I think motherhood has really changed me. And I, I look at my daughter and, you know, this world that she's going to grow up in. And I want to contribute to making it better. And I think that, you know, obviously that comes with a lot of challenges, but I, I love it. And I, I love what I'm doing. And I love that I get to be a part of the solution. Yeah, there's something that we say a lot that women deserve better. Um, But internally, you and I, when we talk, we say that like Cameron deserves better. Allison's daughter deserves better. You talk a lot about how you refuse to let Cameron take on this fight. And that the reason you wanted to start Sage was to say like, no, I'm not going to let my baby like have this same problem. 20 years from now. And if we don't do something about it, that's what it'll be. Do you feel any of that with Sunny? Absolutely. I mean, from a legacy standpoint, I want to be the best role model possible. I think what drives me to build is there's nothing better or more energizing than setting a vision and going and executing against it. And also the how and playing team sports, like it's a game you you want to win, right? Um, Something that's interesting, just in kind of my evolution as an entrepreneur is the purpose and the mission is ultimately the foundation, but now I'm much more comfortable saying I want to make money. And so make money, have fun. And I think as female entrepreneurs, that's something that we've shied away from for whatever reason. Yes, it's all about the purpose and the mission and, and creating that emotional connection, but we also need to be there to make money and take that seriously. So I start, I've started to include that and, and it's very much top of mind. Okay, so we've got a few minutes left. Um, is there a part for the two of you where, where you want to show the world like what you can do? Like, I feel that with you, Allison. I feel sometimes, I don't know what the right word is, but when someone tells you no, it's like your eyes light up. I've never seen someone get happier when they're told no. Uh, we had a moment last week that, that I just call our onward moment where Allison so eloquently, one of our investors, you know, wrote us an email basically ripping us apart. And Allison wrote this beautiful email back. And I just saw this strength in my little sister, um, this moment that I just call onward, like, what is that strength? Sometimes it feels like anger. Sometimes it feels like courage. Sometimes it feels like, like just resilience embodied and personified. But, but what is that? And Ty, do you experience that too? Is there a part of like, no, I'll show you. I think for me, it's kind of who I am. Um, I think anybody who knows me, like you just said, like, I light up with the challenge. Like you tell me I can't do it. I'm doubling down. I can't wait to circle back. I'll have the receipts. <laughs> we will talk about it. Um, and so I don't know. I think maybe it's coming from a competitive family. Maybe it's the sports background. Like I've just always been that way. I remember, um, you know, in 
college. I, I went pro from high school and Wes ran at USC and that's, I was a regular student at USC. And there was this reporter who was reporting, um, it was like the dual meet, this really big track meet. And I'm, I think I was like, I was a freshman in college. And so he's talking about my decision to go pro. And he's saying, it's the worst decision that has ever been made in the history of everything. And I was just like, oh, okay. The Olympic trials are coming. Like it is on. And I still remember this reporter. He's still out there. I'm going <laughs> to eventually get back to that. But I don't know. It's just something about the challenge. And so I think there is, you know, um, something about it, you know, when you're building, just showing what you can do and the belief in yourself. And um, also something you said, Ty, about just when you have that vision, getting there. And that's what I love about sports as well. It's like you start at this place of the bottom and you have this really ambitious goal. You put together a training plan and by little by little, you see it coming together. And so when you get to that place, it's just so rewarding. And so for me, I think that I really thrive off of that. Yeah, I feel like, well, one, thank you for sharing it. And, you know, I am your business partner and the CEO of this company we're building, but I'm also your older brother. So Dwight, uh, what's up? How did she do? Was it a good decision? Was it a bad decision? We're recording, right? So, Dwight, let us know. Let us know. Um, Ty. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, I'm a competitor. I, I want to win. Um, it's funny. We have a guy, a head of growth at TYB, Try Your Best, um, that's from Russia, and I use sports analogies all the time. And so I'm like, full court press, hard in the paint. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, but something about team sports, like, makes you a competitor and want to win. And it's interesting. After being very publicly dunked on, like, I want more than ever to, like, be this comeback kid. And I think, I think about being a little kid in everything that I do and this youthful, rebellious spirit. And I see it in Sunny. And, like, you can't lose that. And, and that's something that very much I operate on a day, daily basis as this, like, you know, little rebel. Well, let's get to our big question for you, which is uh, the purpose of, of this podcast, us understanding your mountaintop moment and what that really is for you. Um, and, you know, I was telling you earlier, Allison and I love that the mountaintop moments are rarely what we would expect. So as you're sharing your mountaintop moment with us, I'd also love to tell you that you have a lot of fans and I'm sure it's really lonely when you're reading those hit pieces about you but know that there's a lot of people who may never reach out to you that look at that and say, this is ridiculous, that's unfair, that's not how it's supposed to be. When we had the opportunity to talk with you here, I just like lit up because I've been such a Ty Haney fan for so long. So just know like there are a lot of people that may never tell you, but we're inspired by you and think the world of you. Um, and yeah, it's not fair. Whether you see it or not, you don't have to look back. I'm not your older brother, but um, business of fashion, what's up? <laughs> um, so yeah, it. but let us know about your, your mountaintop moment. Yeah, let's see. Um, this might be a bit expected, but I remember maybe three years ago, we had, in, had introduced this new dress at Outdoor Voices called the exercise dress. And it felt like a very fresh take kind of in the industry. And I remember two weeks later, someone writing in with a submission of them having run their first, I think it was a 5K or a half marathon, and she's crossing the finish line in this exercise dress. Like, 
And, and kind of next to that, she said she'd never been a runner, never seen herself like as an athlete, but outdoor voices and kind of the way we approached things like really made her take the first step. And so that, that moment for whatever sits top of mind for me is, is very much a mountaintop moment. And ultimately there's many cause like life's peaks and valleys. Right. So I love this idea of mountaintop. Um, yesterday getting to host a run with you guys was maybe a, another mountaintop along the way, but I, I love kind of the mountaintop as an idea. That's cool. And we don't do this often in, in our podcast, but Allison, maybe you can share your mountaintop moment too, or what it is today. Um, Cause I know you don't always remember it from time to time. And I wonder I feel if like it, it always changes, yeah. uh, <laughs> but one that I, I constantly go back to, and I think it is maybe one of the more expected ones also, but it was just making it back to the Olympics after going through everything that I did. And for the reason of being a representation, um, moms, women, um, just really anybody who has been told no, it was just really amazing to be able to do that. And then to be able to do that in shoes that my company made, um, was extra special and in front of my daughter. So it was like all of the things. (laughs) Um, so we're going to open it up to questions and nobody asked what my mountaintop moment was, but I will share it. Um, (laughs) but if you guys could think of your questions, then we can, we can dive into those. But, um, I've been able to work with Allison since, I don't know, 2009 or something like that. A long time ago when, when our parents allowed me to take over her business, which I still say is like the craziest thing ever. (laughs) I don't know what they were thinking, but, but when we together were able to fight Nike, for maternal protections for, for women and to, to get that. I think we got it through like a Washington post, like alert on our phone when, when they said that Nike changed their maternity policy for all of their female athletes going forward. It is, it's so impossible for me to imagine a moment that would ever be more of a mountaintop than that. What was interesting about it for me is it doesn't really affect me at all. And I was kind of surprised that like the moment that I could, I can't imagine ever being more proud of had nothing to do with me. Um, and it's not going to benefit me. Maybe it will benefit my daughter or if I have one or my niece, you know, but that's, what's really fascinating about mountaintop moments. They rarely are about you. They're normally about someone else. Um, so any questions out there from anyone? Yeah. Thank you so much. You uh, ended up speaking with the Hey Mama event years ago, and it was so beautiful and meaningful. And Ty, I'm such a huge fan. What does it mean to you both to lead like a woman? That's a great question. Um, let's see. I think there's an emotional kind of emotional connection that you have with your team. And I think I'm just softer and like, that's okay. And vulnerable and like, imperfect. And I, I find that that's inspiring. And so I think that's very different than a lot of the, the male leaders that I've, I've experienced their leadership. So the vulnerability is something very different for me. Yeah, I agree. I think being able to show up as my full self and trying to do that unapologetically um, and being able to listen, you know, I think those are things that I want to make sure that I'm always doing as a leader. Not a woman. No one asked me, but I also think it is women are able to lead from a place where they are unafraid. Mm -hmm. 
as men, like we are so insecure and we try to show up as so many things that we're supposed to show up as that we show up as nothing. We show up as shells of what we're supposed to be and what society tells us don't cry. So be strong. Of course you cry. Like, of course you need to cry. Like, so you show up as nothing. You show up as these things that you're supposed to be. And I think when you say softer, I think like softer could be switched out for understanding, connection. Like you can actually see the people you're leading. And I think male leaders really struggle with that because they're not in touch with themselves at all. And so like, how could you possibly see the people that you're leading when you're just sitting there being this like pretend G.I. Joe that it's not real? Um, Any other questions out there? Hi, my question's for Allison. Um, So as a professional female athlete, I don't think a lot of people talk about how when the career ends, um, they're not really set up for success. It just ends. So if you didn't have stage, what were you going to do or how did you feel when it was over? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think like early on, you have an idea. For me, I went to school to be a teacher Um, and so that was like my plan. But I think when you make a decision at like 17 years old, what you're going to do, like, you don't even know yourself. And so when I finished my career, like I didn't want to be a teacher. Um, and thankfully, you know, I, I had station that came about, but I think even more than like what you're going to do, it's how you feel and your identity as you move away the sport that has defined you for so long. And so I find that I'm in the struggle right now. I'm working my way through that. But I think that's the hardest part of it all is even though I'm doing absolutely what I believe I should be doing, I'm deeply passionate about it. And, you know, I get to wake up every day and do what I love. But I still miss the thing that I loved for 20 years, that I woke up and trained for five hours a day. And I'm still figuring out how does movement play in my life now? And um, and how do I still feel like me when I'm not in the spaces that I'm used to. So um, I think it's two parts. I think it's like the practical part of, you know, what do you do as a job, but also how do you move forward as you without a piece of yourself? I had asked Allison yesterday as one of the fastest and most frosted athletes in the world, have you ever just jogged somewhere? And I'm still not sure she had until yesterday. So it's like that's all I do. I don't I don't go very far. I only jog. Okay, and we oh got one. I want to ask you guys, losing my voice a little bit. I want to ask you guys, we talk a lot about the challenges female founders face. Can we talk about a little bit uh, how you feel if things have gotten better and how? One thing that I will say, I mean, not having been in the space for a ton of time, but what has been so refreshing to me has been the help of female founders to each other. Um, I was just blown away. I mean, coming from a very competitive industry where it's like this idea of there can only be one and it's not so friendly and you're not really helping the next person. Um, the amount of help that has been given to me, the open and honest conversations, transparency has just been incredible. And I don't know if it's always been like this, but stepping into it right now, that feels so encouraging and just really helpful. I don't think it's better yet. I mean, just last week, a close friend had a similar article. And I think like we're building up resilience to it. So that's no longer going to remove us from our position. And, and so I'm starting to see kind of green shoots there. There. Um, 
the ability to have this conversation and, and very much represent kind of the comeback is new. And so that's where I'm focused is showing back up. And, and a lot of people didn't think that I would. I'm like, I'm a builder, like, of course. So that's fueling me. But I don't think we've made the progress we need to. Um, and, and we need very much this change the chemistry type mentality. But it's about showing up. Do you have thoughts on what can make it better? Like, if you could, I mean, you can just boldly, directly just say, like, oh, if this was different, that's one thing we could do to make it better. And I think it's, sometimes I feel like, yeah, like, dudes just shouldn't be assholes. Like, that would be amazing. But, like, but what is a practical, like, thing that could make it better? More uh, female investors. So I know that you guys have a fund and just more women investing in women. And we're starting to see that. So I, I, I feel, uh, again, optimistic that it's getting better. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, you know, and that is our fund. We say, like, our mandate is we want to invest in companies that make the world better for women. And, and again, like, the blank stares you get, like, even when we started Sage and we went to raise money, the first thing that we heard from a lot of investors was, well, do you think the market's big enough? And we were like, it's half the world. Like, <laughs> it's literally four billion people. Like, what, what do you mean is it big enough? Like, that it's wild. And I think that it is exactly like you're saying. It is female investors being able to get it and see the picture. The other thing, this is very tactical, but some advice I wish I had is take secondary. And so that means when you're raising rounds and, again, swinging, swinging big around this big vision, at each moment in time, take a little money off. And, and investors weren't open to that. And it's something now that as I continue to raise again, like protect the future. Yes, keep your equity in that when, you know, three years from now you sell it to whatever, Red Bull, like you make big bucks, but take, take secondary as you raise money. That's super helpful. We're going to talk to you more about that. <laughs> well, Ty Haney, thank you so much for being um, an amazing guest on our podcast. We're so happy to have you here. And thank you all for being the first guests, uh, the first listeners to our live podcast recording. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to all of you for spending time with us this week. We hope that as you scale your own mountaintop, you take time to reflect on the lessons you're learning and the opportunities you'll have to inspire others.